Thruer is a community for long distance hikers for before, during, and after the trail. They welcome new and experienced hikers to ask questions, share experiences, and their knowledge. They have meetups online for open Q&As, casual mingling with the Hiker Happy Hour on Zoom, and they also have Zooms that are focused on certain topics like snow and safety. They have a podcast, closed community on Facebook, and also a YouTube channel. Check them out at thruer.com, T-H-R-U hyphen R dot com. Previously with Dan and Chantel watching virtually together the Whole Shoes 2015 PCT through hike. Okay, I'll call you back in like five minutes, but keep watching. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the girl there, she has, like, Crocs for camp shoes. Mm-hmm. What would you wear? My Crocs. You have Crocs? Yeah. Crocs with sport mode? Yes. You have little pins on your Crocs, like little ducks or... No. I want to. And people, your trail name's going to be White Rice. <laughs> you have a little sign on your pack, powered by White Rice. Yeah. They might, they might call you Uncle Ben. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good one, actually, Uncle Ben. I'm not being called Uncle Ben. Well, you could be like Uncle Ben's wife. I don't know. We could stop it. Could... You want to watch some tomorrow? Yeah. What do you think of the desert? Do you think? It's what great. do you think it'll be like? It'll be good. I mean, use some more words. <laughs> do you think you're going to do training before you start this you know i go to the gym every week yeah but okay question for you if you if you went to the gym would you bring your backpack or would to you feel like gym. or would you feel like a knob <laughs> not gonna be like doing squats and <laughs> on the weight machine and stuff <laughs> no no Welcome to Season 2 of A Long Walk North. Today's episode is brought to you by Triple Crown Coffee, Purple Rain Adventure Skirts, and the Thruer Hiking Community. Today we'll get right into it since my interview with Laura went a little over an hour and a half and I didn't want to bother Chantel to make fun of her over the Anchor app. I have to call her soon because we have to continue watching the Whole Shoes vlog where they made it into a movie on their 2015 hike and we're just about to get into the Sierras. Let's jump into my conversation with Laura, and I'm real thankful to get to know her better. After introducing her and learning more about her and what got her into hiking and all the up and downs of the PCT in the desert section, we'll talk about Section A, Section B, some of the side trails that she likes to go hike on as a San Diegan. She's going to talk about the places along the desert section that she adores, 
and we're going to talk about the wind, heat, and snow, and some of the cool nights in the higher elevations like in Mount Laguna, after Idlewild, and around Big Bear that people don't think that the desert has. We'll talk about the wonderful people that help with the water, and even the little trail magic that's left in hiker boxes and summit boxes. Before we start, I urge you to hit the show notes that are on our website. There's a link to them in the description to this episode. I'll put the mile markers and link to the different topics, articles, vlogs, podcasts that we talk about. Here's my conversation with the person behind the Instagram handle, we underscore need underscore wilderness. So enjoy. Long hair and longer stride. Skateboard affair with a primal tribe. Charging down those craggy mountains without thrift store friends. Find so so in love with the fallen earth. Who you wake in the middle of the fallen night with the summer playing coy? Welcome. On the line is Laura, who is a PCT section hiker and Nobos Trail Angel, who you may follow on Instagram. Her IG handle is we underscore need underscore wilderness. She lives in San Diego. She has, I mean, if you follow her, you know that she has a passion for helping and teaching via her IG stories and saved highlights about hiking, national parks, and of course the PCT where she lives close to. And all things, you know, regarding Section A because that's just close to where she lives. You might have not noticed that if you hit her Instagram, you'll see some pin stories or highlights uh, covering some of her hikes and stories. So if you want, you can click on them, let them play, watch them load, and just watch her highlights. So let's get started. She's on the line now. Welcome, Laura. Uh, When I first created our IG and TikTok for the PCT, we chatted, that was, I guess, July of 2020 in the DMs a bit. Um, Since then, you know, I'm confident I've watched your hair turn colors and you've got a new job. I remember you were chatting on online about your new job and uh but it's always great to see you trekking you know whether it's on a weekend whether it's a solo hike or if you're with your partner in cry rob um so tell everyone a little bit about yourself you know what you do where did you grow up what makes you tick uh what makes you happy or sad anything really what you like to do in your free time outside of walking walking on the trails in the blowing wind or anything you want to share Hi, Dan. So first of all, thank you so much for having me here. Um, I'm so excited to talk today. What this makes... is this is your first podcast too, ever. Yeah, yes, it is my first podcast and I'm embracing new things and I'm really excited to try this. So thank you. And um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking today. So yeah. with that, what makes me tick? Okay, so everyone who knows me would say it's hiking and nature and the outdoors, but uh, I'd rather, or I'd like to start with um, what you don't see on my social media pages, which is, is typically my career. So that's what makes me tick outside of the trails. I am a 20 year supply chain professional. Uh, so that means that I, I make things move around and um, I have worked in 
biotech, CPG, and now I work in the health and wellness space. Uh, so I am very much uh, passionate about my career. I am a data geek. I am <laughs> fabulous at putting together presentations, actually. Um, so you're great at PowerPoint and Excel yes. and all that good stuff. Yes. Um, I love, quote unquote, telling the stories of companies through data. Mm -hmm. um, so with that, that tends to trickle into my personal life. Uh, I actually, I take all of my hikes and I, I, I log them into a, a, a database with the mileage, the time, the elevation. I create my own analytics on my hikes. I, I track if I'm, um, you know, doing more hikes or trending up, trending down. Um, so I, I, I do my own analytics. So even like your energy hikes. level and uh, just, you know, like your mood and how hard it was and all that stuff. Absolutely. I do have an element. I, I, and I know that can really vary. Sometimes you're out there and you're like, wow, that was a really easy hike. And other times it can feel like it's it's really dragging on. But yeah, I, I do track what I call level of difficulty. I apply, apply a rating to each hike. Um, so yeah, so that's my, you know, career professional. Where did you um, grow up? Like, where did you come? Like, have you lived in San Diego all your life on the West Coast with sunshine? I'm a Midwest girl. So Chicago originally until I graduated college. And then I moved to San Diego on a whim, um, despite my parents, um, <laughs> very, very big fears. I, um, I packed up three suitcases and I bought a one-way ticket to San Diego. Oh, that's not much. Like, it's not like you piled up a car, like you, like three suitcases on a plane. Three suitcases on a plane. I had $600 to my name. I had no car. I had no job. And I was like, well, I'm just going to try this out and see if it works. Um, and looking back on that now and my younger self, I think, wow, what was I doing? <laughs> yeah, but it's um, cool. It's like, you know, you had balls and you did it. It's great. Yeah, no, it was um, scary. I did my fair share of what you would call couch surfing to start. Um, mm -hmm. I did a lot of odd jobs. Um, I had to work two or three jobs sometimes uh, until I got my foot in the door and what really got I got lucky and I got a temp position at a biotech company and that was my foot in the door into the supply chain. So when I, when I, when I went to college, I had absolutely really no idea what I wanted to do. I just kind of got a generic business degree. Um, and then I fell into the supply chain um, and I stuck with it for 20 years and I ended up loving it. So that's my other, my other passion in life outside of that. Cool. Um, like generally, you know, when you go for hikes and stuff, are you, are you ever alone? Do you go with like some friends? This is why I guess if Rob doesn't go with you, like, does he go out with you a lot? Yeah. You know, I have to say my motto in life is, um, if I always waited for someone to go with me, I might never go. So what that means is I love company. Don't get me wrong. I love it when my husband comes. You know, I love it when my girlfriends want to come and I enjoy meeting people through social media and going on hikes with them. But if I want to do a hike and I have no one to go with, I don't let that stop me. I, I just, yeah, I, I go for it. And I think it, it does add another element of trusting yourself, 
testing yourself and it is a different experience and there is value in, in both. So um, I very much enjoy it. And, and frankly, sometimes when I want to hike in certain conditions, I might be training for a bigger hike. Um, it's not really easy to recruit to say to someone, hey, it's, it's pouring rain and, you know, 50 degrees. You, you want to go hike this mountain with me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, and, they don't jump up and down for that always. So, right. And you yeah. could have some friends or a partner and they might, they like hiking, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, they might not want to do 15 miles. They might want to do a six mile loop or four mile loop, you know, and it's sometimes hard to find somebody that you know, wants to match the same distance or pace that you want to go, whether you're training or just want to complete a goal and get to point A to point B, you know, there's, don't get, you know, it's okay if people want to just do a loop. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Really good point. People, I say, hike your own hike. Mm -hmm. Um, So people like to go at their own pace. There's people that like to stop and smell the roses. And then there's people that want to go for time. Um, even when I, I hike with my husband and some of these longer distance hikes, we'll separate from time to time and we're good like that. And we're fine. And we'll just say, hey, meet you at this next point. It's it's all about your enjoyment while you're out there. So who's um, faster? Oh, Dan, that's a. <laughs> OK, I'm going to say my husband uh, normally is faster. Yes. OK. And if he goes somewhere and let's say you're camping, will he like set up camp or does he kind of just have a little nap and then wait for you and you set up camp together? Oh, no, no, no. Um, we very much do our own thing. So he, he would, um, you know, set up and I would set up. So we're very much independent like that. And then when we go car camping, we're very big car campers as well. Um, we have assigned duties. So it's just this unspoken nice. rule that, um, you know, he's going to, you know, set up the tent. I'll get the fire going type of thing. Um, yeah. It, it, it works well. Good. That's good. How long has like hiking or even camping like been in your life? Did you do that, you know, as a kid in Chicago? And, you know, when did your your little mind bug you and to get out and explore or just go hiking? Yeah, that's, oh, wow. So first of all, I am a Generation X. I'm, you know, I'm one of the later Generation X, meaning I'm kind of almost on the cusp of the millennial, but that means I grew up before social media. Uh, so in the Midwest, there wasn't these uh, exceptionally beautiful places that I went to. And frankly, when I lived in the Midwest in the Chicago area, I didn't even have a car. Um, you, hey, know, you don't need I, one if you're, if you were you like close, were you in the city? Yeah. I mean, I was a South Sider, um, you know, did the public transportation thing. So, you know, wilderness was something else. It was, it was something out there. And it, you know, when I was younger, I would say it was less of a focus, but it's always something I enjoyed. And there were a few family trips that my father took us on. Like a car trip? like a Yeah, we were road trip, you know, the great American road trip. So he would take us a couple of years. He took us down um, over to uh, Pennsylvania to uh, the Yakagani River. And we actually did some rafting trips and um, oh, did some hiking. Like yeah, did hiking in a, a place called Ohio Pile State Park. Um, very unprepared hiking. My father, 
my father took out his his three young daughters with no water, unprepared, not really good shoes, nothing. Yeah. Nothing like you see today. And we would just go. No um, navigation stuff, right? Like just no. following a path. Yeah. He was just like, let's see. Let's see where this takes us. And at the time, I loved it. I mean, I absolutely loved it. And I thought it was so exciting. And I, I don't think it even dawned on me. It's crazy. Like you think nowadays if if somebody did that you'd be on some missing hiker podcast about you know a family disappearing and never found again you know like oh yeah you'd be probably shamed for look at this unprepared no water (laughs) and not the right gear and yeah. yeah but at the time it was exciting so when hiking really entered my life was was later in life and what happened was uh I was in my you know, mid to late twenties. And I decided to do a charity event, um, you know, for leukemia and lymphoma society. And they had something called hike for discovery. And basically what it was is you raised money and then you went and trained with a group to go, um, on a hike. And our hike was the half dome in Yosemite. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So I, for, you know, 12 weeks, I went on group hikes all around Southern California. And I just went with the flow. I mean, right now, I'm so different. I'm a huge planner. And I look at maps, and I like picking my trails. But at that time, I was just, okay, I don't know where I'm going tomorrow. It's like you're going with your dad, you're just going for a walk along a path with people. Yes, Yes, wherever I couldn't have even told you half of where I was. Um, (laughs) I just, you know, went along with the with the group. And it was so fun. I went to so many places and I, I had such a great time. And then, and then the, really the game changer was when we got to Yosemite and I drove through the tunnel and I saw the Valley view for the first time. I mean, this was before that picture was on the internet everywhere. Again, this is before social media Mm. and just the feeling and, seeing that valley view it it was incredible and I remember thinking wow and I think that is probably the pivotal moment where you know I said okay this is this is something different for me you know even like a year ago I went through all your little highlights and saved stuff on Instagram and I noticed that you took a wilderness course uh to want to teach you the basics overnight camping I can't remember if there was like some snow stuff in there too. Um, But, you know, did that course spike your drive even more just to get out into more like more remote places, I guess? Yes, that accelerated my my path into hiking and backpacking, really. So I got into hiking and I, again, growing up in the Midwest and not being familiar with trails or really even doing too much outdoorsy activities, you know, I was a city girl, um, you know, it took me a while to warm up. So I stuck to established trails and day hikes mm-hmm. uh, until I took the WBC, Wilderness Basics course. And um, San Diegans, listen up. If you are in San Diego, that is the best experience um, and one of the best, that is one of the best experience I, I have ever had. And I highly recommend the course. It's a 10-week program where you actually go to a class. So once a week, you go into a lecture hall, and they have speakers uh, that teach you everything that you would want to know about outdoors from 
leave no trace to what do you do if you get lost to you know what do you do if you encounter an animal what's the right type of gear how can you read the weather how do you use a map oh that's you know, cool everything and this is all from volunteer people that have been doing this their whole life and sharing their experiences you know how do you go to the bathroom in the outdoors the basics that you wouldn't want to ask and everything you would want to know and um then they actually take you out on four outings and they escalate in in difficulty so you start with a car camp you know just can you spend the night Sure. Thing, right. So the very basic, a car camp. And with that, the car camp is not at an established campground. It is a car camp, but they really take you out there, you know, and it, it's primitive. There's uh, not bathrooms, right? So it's, you know, you have your car right there, but it's just dipping your toes into what's it like in the backcountry. Um, and then the next progression up is, is a backpack where they take you, you can choose a desert or a mountain backpack. And um, it's your first, for me, it was my first overnight backpack experience. They, they taught me how to pack my backpack and what gear I needed. And third was a backpack with a navigation. So it was instead of following an established trail, you actually had to use a compass and a map and navigate um, oh, off great. trail. Um, and it was phenomenal. We did exercises like triangulation and trying to locate where we were by taking bearings and then the last and final finale is um, a snow camp. And you actually, you go out, they take you, they bus you up to Mammoth, um, which is, you know, six hours north of San Diego in the mountains on the snow. You throw on your snowshoes, you've got your backpack, you're navigating in the snow, and you actually have to build snow shelters and, and spend an entire night out there on the snow in a snow camp. And they teach you, what oh, that's you crazy. Yeah. How do you pitch a tent in the snow? How do you stick it in the ground? How do you build a shelter? What are you supposed to do for leave no trace when you have to go to the bathroom and you're on 10 feet of snow? How do you not freeze? How do you boil water? I mean, it was absolutely uh, an amazing experience. And you have to do all of those outings and go to all of the courses. And then you actually have to take a test. And then you, you pass. So it's um, it's not a gimme. It's an actual a course that you take. But again, um, that's that's what I decided to do. And I took that course when I was 40 years old. And I, I had this moment where I was like, am I just going to am I going to think about trying backpacking my whole life and, and never do it? Or am I actually going to do it? And that was my my way in the door. And, and since then, I, it's really given me the confidence to get out there and tried bigger hikes, longer hikes, more remote, gone out by myself, planned my own trips, longer days. Yeah. Awesome. Love the National Parks quiz on your IG stories that you pinned, by the way. Uh, tell us about some, before we get into the PCT, uh, like tell me a little bit about like national parks, you know, ones that you've hit, uh, ones that have blown you away. Obviously, you're talking about Yosemite, and that's just obviously a bucket trip list uh, for tons of people. But Feel free to drop names of even trails that, if you remember them, just, I don't know, just tell me a little bit about your national parks experience because you live close to some and not that far away from some others. Yeah. Um, so in, in Southern California, we are lucky to be what I consider a day's drive away from some of the most beautiful places 
uh, I think in, in the country and in the world for that matter. Uh, my, I have a passion for national parks and a personal goal to see them all. I like experiencing them in depth, meaning I, I don't like just to drive through and see it really quickly and then move to the next one and check that box. When I'm there, I want to really immerse myself in it. Uh, so a lot of that is, is camping. You know, I, we camp car camp a lot at national parks. So I camped at, uh, Grand Canyon at, uh, Yosemite at Kings Canyon, Joshua tree, Zion a few times. Um, so really I like those experiences. The parks that take my breath away are the ones that I've had, um, the most significant experiences. So when I go to a park, uh, for example, Yellowstone is, is a park that I, that took my breath of the way. It's, it's definitely my top three and it might even be my number one. It's really hard to say what's your number one, but, yeah. um, for me, Yellowstone is all about the animals that you see in the wildlife and it, it's really the American Serengeti. And, uh, I know the criticism is that it's crowded. Right. And I, I do understand that, but, um, my thought is if I'm going to go to that park, I'm going to be in the 1%. And so mm -hmm. what that means is I, I'm in the 1% that uh, did the backcountry. So I spent four days backpacking from Lamar Valley to Pelican Valley. And if you're not familiar with Lamar Valley in, in Yellowstone, that is the American Serengeti. That's where the wolves and the wildlife and the bears and... Uh, it was just an amazing experience. And then um, when I went to the Grand Canyon, again, that is a very popular park, but I wanted to be in that 1%. So I remember that, like, I remember that one on your IG. Like, I remember, yeah. you know, because it's obviously hot and it's, it, it's a good, it's a big trek to either go down or, or to, to get out of it, to go back up. So oh, I, def yeah. I definitely remember that one because that wasn't that long ago. Oh yeah, that should not be underestimated. That wasn't too long ago. That was November, 2020. And I uh, spent quote unquote, two nights below the rim. That's how you have to say it. If you backpack the Grand Canyon, that's how they all say it. Two nights, three nights below the rim. But yeah, <laughs> after after months of preparing for the immense heat, I got stuck in a blizzard. So that's a that's a whole nother story. I won't, <laughs> I won't bore you with that story, but other significant park, the other park that I would just call out that's less popular, in fact, it's one of the least visited, is Isle Royal, and uh, that's in the middle of Lake Superior, very difficult to get to. Hey, that's um, closer to me. I've never heard of that. Royal. Oh, yeah. it's. I think it gets 18,000 visitors a year. When you go there, you're, you have no cell service. I mean, it's impossible, very primitive accommodation, but it's just you and nature. And hmm. it's, it's phenomenal. Um, so specifically, since you asked about hikes, I, I will just call out a couple of hikes that I think are the best hikes I've ever done sure. in any national park. And I would say, um, if you go to Zion, everyone always talks about Angels Landing and the Narrows, but I think you're not talking about the best hike in Zion. And that is the West Rim Trail from Lava Point. Uh, so that means that's a 16 mile hike and you can go into the town of Springdale right outside the, the, the national park and you get a shuttle over to Lava Point and then you hike that 16 miles back into the valley and it's breathtaking, breathtaking. Oh, nice. I've heard that's a, an incredible park. 
oh, it's it's gorgeous and it's very Instagrammy and there's oh, a lot sure. of there's a lot of criticism over the overcrowding and I I do get that, but um, it's it's just so interesting to me that we're not talking about the best hike in that park. Um, and then other significant trails were at Mount uh, Rainier. There was the Skyline Trail and in Redwood National and State Parks, the Boy Scout Tree Trail, um, which is actually Jedediah Smith State Park, but I'm counting it as a national park because they lumped the state and national park together over there. So um, I would say if, if anything, those are probably the top three that, that came to mind. Do not miss those trails if you are in those parks. Nice. Okay, well, we should get into the PCT. I, I, I obviously, you know, like, there's people that want to hear stuff about PCT. I mean, I love this stuff because one thing after the hike with my daughter, I want to get like a road van kind of thing and do something with my son. And we want to go for like five months, four months, something like that and go real slow. But we definitely, I want to hit a lot of these places and be be part of the overcrowding but I think the good thing with the overcrowd not the good thing about the overcrowding but I guess the good thing is is like obviously social media exposure YouTube blah 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 these are the best places you gotta go to you know that's making other people get out in wilderness and I think that's a good thing too sure it's overcrowded and all that kind of stuff but people are getting out and that's the important thing like some people are getting out when Maybe they wouldn't have hit these places if it wasn't for YouTube or Instagram. So you got to give credit to that a little bit for getting people off the couch. Oh, completely agree. Uh, don't get me wrong. I am not a gatekeeper. I do not believe in gatekeeping at all. And I think that uh, social media is one of the most powerful tools that we have today to instill a love for the wilderness and the younger generations and to ensure that these places remain protected mm -hmm. and cared for for years and that um i i am not um and i totally agree 100 percent there um everything you're saying and, and i i take my pictures and post them and that's why i share so much on the internet because I want people to see these places. I want them to experience these places. I want them to love these places. So got it. Completely agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, switching over to the PCT. I mean, we, I said it earlier in the podcast that, I mean, you've section hiked legs, um, you know, and, and sections, you know, whether section A, B, C, probably D, just because, you know, when I look on the map, it's still relatively close to where you, you know, live, even if you've gone up and, just done even small legs of certain certain places a little bit more north of you but um i mean let's start with section a you know before we start top of your head you know what's the set what's what is the section that you've completed fully that you would rank i don't know just that you really enjoyed okay within section a i like the end of section a the best as a san diegan to me uh that is 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 my sweet spot because it strikes me as so different from the rest of the section. Uh, so to be clear, I, I am um, a section A regular, which means I, I go over to section A a lot and I, I hike up and down uh, different parts of section A, especially during the season, that March and April timeframe when the hikers are starting. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I've done different sections and parts of section A, uh, multiple times over, uh, North, Nobo, and, and Sobo. Uh, so Section A is that 
109.5 miles. Um, I have done the first continuous 127 miles at every step. Um, I'm quote unquote a PCT purist, which means I, I need to connect my footsteps. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I did the first 127 miles is that's actually Campo to the Riverside County line. So I wanted to do every single step of the trail in San that's, Diego. That's near Mike's place, right? Because Mike's place yes. is around 127. Yep, exactly. It's short. It's probably a half mile, mile right before uh, that that Riverside County line, Uh, you'll see a sign for Mike's place. You'll see uh, it's even lit up at night when I've hiked past it, you know, that. Oh, that's, that's just the party. Yeah. So you can, (laughs) you can, uh, that it is right, right there. And then, you know, in my experience, when I've um, been to that Riverside County line area, there's always, there's usually a water cache there. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, people talk about that. Yeah, the trail angels will stop water there, um, which is a great, uh, another uh, another spot to get water. It's a tough section. I mean, A is tough with water. So the, the trail angels that do that, they make a big difference uh, in people's Absolutely. lives. Um, but going back to your original question, uh, the last part from Barrel Spring to Warner Spring, that's my favorite part of Section A. So that's... Um, uh, you know, rolling fields, there's cattle grazing. That's the iconic bucket list Eagle Rock, which I'm sure you've seen. Is that thing um, fake? I'm not, no. you know, I know it's not fake, but it's like, it's got to be, it's too good to be true. Like it, it looks like an eagle. Like it looks too. It is insane. It is insane how much it looks like an eagle. It is crazy. No wonder it is so popular. And it, it feels like it's in the middle of like, it's like flatness in a way. And then yes. there's, it's just there. It's like, why there? Like, why isn't there a whole bunch of rocks all around it sticking up? Exactly. No, exactly why it is so unique and so cool. And it's one of my favorite sections. I love the rock. So that is probably one of the biggest, that's probably the most popular day hike in, um, you know, the Laguna area and Eagle Rocks are, are the day hike, the San Diego day hikers doing the PCT. But, you know, don't tell everyone in San Diego they're, they're hiking to the rock the wrong way. They they hike Sobo and they start in Warner Springs and they go to the rock that way because it's a shorter distance. Yeah, but, true. Um, the prettier stretch is, is, is starting at Barrel Spring and going to the rock Nobo and back. It's a longer hike. It's 10 miles round trip if you're, you know, doing it as an out and back. But that's definitely... It's, it's the prettier way. So I, I have a silly question and it's like, you know, I've written, like I've drawn out little maps and stuff and you mentioned like barrel Springs and I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, uh, like where is there any like landmarker? Like what is barrel spring? Is there, oh. cause obviously I always think of like, okay, there's Warner Springs, there's that community center. There's, you know, when, when scissors crossing, when I see scissors crossing, I just, that equals Julian. Cause you know, maybe hitchhiking, get in the car. And so, but scissors crossing, I don't think there is anything at scissors crossing. It's probably just a road. Uh, it's well, it's several, it's three roads, um, crossing together like scissors, right? That's how it has the mixed name. Scissors uh, I didn't know that. I learned, I learned. To... <laughs> Trust me. Okay. When I say this, um, I guess it's not impossible, but a barrel spring, no, it is not marked, but I feel like there's no way you can miss it because that is the first water source after 24 miles. 
Okay. I mean, so is... when I see the biggest oasis, I'm this is barrel. I've made it to Barrel Springs. Well, and, and I wouldn't we'll do say the Instagram that... post, and you know. Yeah, you wouldn't exactly say it's an oasis. It's a it's a pipe. There's a piped water coming through, and it's reliable. And every time I've ever been okay, there, I guess I've seen that on vlogs. I've seen people fill up. Yes. Yes, you will want, I mean, you will be looking for Barrel Springs, so I feel like you can't miss it. And, and yeah, so there, there's really no way. And then Scissors Crossing, um, you can't miss that either because, like I said, it's it's got the three roads that intersect. And it's a, it's a hugely popular spot for uh, trail magic and a lot of... Um, oh, sure, because trail angels could get there by car and park right. close by, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so that there's would a be... big parking lot. There's you know, under the bridge, hikers like to hang out, get out of the heat there. And, you know, that's oh, okay. where you get the I've hitches. seen that bridge. Yeah, there's actually an entire um, Facebook group that you can join. I might, um, I've joined a whole, I've joined a whole bunch of them. I feel like every time I open up Facebook, it's just, it's PCT stuff. I don't even see stuff like friends <laughs> and nothing political, blah, blah, blah. It's all like, yeah, oh, all that stuff. It is great. Yes. Put what you love in your feed. Um, so there is a specific Facebook group for Julian PCT Trail Angels that is for people who want to understand how do you get from Scissors to Julian. So to be clear, that's you have to hitch. You need a ride. That's a oh, 12 I got mile. The, I got my ride bride. I got my daughter. So she'll she'll be wearing the shorts that day. She'll, she'll, <laughs> you know, she doesn't have short shorty shorts, but you know, I'm a dad. I'm not. I wouldn't let her wear the short shorty shorts, but she'll be my ride bride. So we'll get her holding some sign in her thumb. Oh yeah, you'll have no. You should have no problem um, getting getting your. And it's frankly, that's usually the first place people take a zero. It's at the mile seventy seven. I mean, everyone is different. Hike your own hike, but that's you know roughly a week, five to six days, depending how you want to take your time. So you know, probably about time for a shower for Julian. most people. Julian's going to yeah. be our first like motel or yes, you know, yes. your pie, and you're going to get the pie. Absolutely. So, this is going to be the most controversial statement on this podcast. I think Julian Pie Company is better than Mom's. And I hate saying that because Mom's is the pie shop that gives the free pie to PCT hikers. And don't get me wrong. Mom's is good. But Julian Pie Company is better. It's like pizza. I <laughs> you know, all pizza is good. Like you can never have bad pizza. It's still pizza. And, you okay. know, and sure, it's okay. You know, it's not controversial because... You could say, you know, mom's is number two, but it's still like a bakery. There's still goodness in each of them. Oh, yes. And honestly, and it's so nice that they give the pie to the PCT hikers. I mean, you need to go to mom's if you're oh, we a will. PCT hiker. We'll it's... go to both because why not? Like, you got to <laughs> yeah. go see what's in there and like support yeah. the local business. Like, yeah. And then there's also Miner's Diner. You can get a really good meal, the, the cider mill if you've got a sweet tooth and uh, I love it there. And then, you know, there's the Two Foot Adventure store, which is open seasonally. During, yeah, I like to go in yeah. there just because it's kind of nice. They're they're really sweet. You know, they're yeah. really sweet people. Um, and I think it's great that they're in Julian, too. So helps people like, oh, my God, you know, I got the wrong stuff or I need, you know, I need a sun hoodie. Everyone's got mm -hmm. sun hoodies now. I need a sun hoodie. So, you know, allows you to get stuff. So what would be, like, just quickly, what would be some other, like, little day hikes that you like? I know you just talked about the, you know, uh, Barrel Springs to Eagle Rock is, is, like, your fave. What's any other ones top of mind? Uh, 
In Section A, particularly, there is Kitchen Creek Falls. So that's right. Um, at, it's the hike would start for day hikers at mile 26 at the Boulder Oaks Campground. Okay. And you hike um, Novo up to Kitchen Creek Falls. So, I mean, caveat, this is San Diego and there's not always a waterfall. So <laughs> pay attention first if, the, if there's actually water. But even if there's not, it's actually a very nice hike um, to go and see where the waterfall is, even if it's dry. So that's a pretty, that's a pretty popular day hike uh, for San Diegans. And then, of course, you've got the Mount Laguna area, which is uh, beautiful, beautiful views of the Anza Borrego Desert looking down from the mountains. Yeah, because that um, gets you up. Is that like, I think Mount Laguna from my head, I think that's like around 6,000-ish feet. Yes. Um, and what do you Canadians say? Meters? 1,800 meters? I don't think we use I think with <laughs> mountains, I don't think people talk. Well, I guess they do. Maybe Europeans. Because, you know, I've said this in our, one of our podcasts, like the States. I think you're, you're the only, well, they're not the only. I think there's like some little island really, really far away that no one lives on. But that little island in the States are the two places in the world that use miles. The rest of the world is like kilometers, meters. <laughs> But I think with mountains, when people talk about mountains, they always say feet, I think. Okay, you know. Feet above sea level. No one says meters above sea level. I oh, I try to be careful. You know, that's the extent of what I can do math. So <laughs> everything is going to be miles and feet from, from my perspective. But it is 6,000 feet. So actually, uh, calling out that, you know, Laguna mountains when you're doing section a that's like roughly let's say round about 40 mile ish yeah, 42 you know? i think yeah yeah so people should know that especially some of the people that start earlier in in the season that that's there could be snow there too people there think, probably will be i mean yeah. you should just think there is going to be so get ready get ready for it absolutely need to prepare so the good thing with laguna and what i will say is that Although the town is small, it's probably in Section A, it is the only spot where there is just a convenient town right it's there cute. off the trail. Yes, there's no And there's tiny hiking. houses. Oh, yes. Yes, there is. We've I've dreamed about getting one of those houses before, looked into it. Um, <laughs> sometimes when I daydream, I'm like, maybe I'll just, I'll get one of these and support the PCT hikers and, and live here. You know what you could do, though? You could get a tiny house. You put it somewhere off trail and you could run it like an airbnb it could be a little money a little money maker it could be your side hustle oh my gosh you have no idea but then I it's have... your weekend cottage to go you know you and rob to go you know cuddle and stuff it's nice cuddle under the stars yeah you know it is definitely something we have considered i've also tried to pitch the idea to my husband that I want a plot of land, like it just to make my own campground. <laughs> I've, I've said oh, that would be awesome. Get a plot of land in Campo and make our own like Southern terminus. I mean, there is campgrounds there. Don't get me wrong, but you know, um, he's not, he hasn't warmed up to that idea quite yet, but I, I'm working on it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to have dreams in life. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, you got to have dreams. Yeah. So with Laguna, again, the, advice I would have for hikers is 
definitely be prepared for the elements. It can be cold, it can be snow, and don't assume because it's only 40 miles into the trail that it's the desert. It is very much the mountains there at 6,000 feet of elevation. The views are spectacular. You're gonna get a lot of day hiking tra traffic. A lot of day hikers are doing um, this very, you know, there's a lot of uh, scenic lookouts that people are hiking to. Garnet mm -hmm. Peak, Garnet Peak is a popular day hike for San Diegans. However, it's just, you hike along the PCT and then it's a little offshoot trail to get to the peak. Frankly, if it were me and my advice, I think if you were a PCT hiker, and you've got 2,600 miles ahead of you, you know, Garnet there's, Peak it, it yeah, is something you can There's lots of lookouts skip. ahead of you. How yeah. far, just curious, do you know, like, distance-wise how far it is? Uh, off the PCT, it's only, it only is um, a half a mile, three quarters of a mile up to the peak. So if you wanted to drop your bag and go see the peak, absolutely. But I don't think the views from Garnet Peak are any different from the views you've been looking at hiking, you know, the whole way um that whole yeah. time and you know again to each their own um yeah, i think exactly you you probably you know it's interesting i don't know if you've given any thought to the side trips off the pct any any must you know things you would want to do as you're you're hiking north and i know everyone has their own ideas of i have to summit uh whitney or i have to summit and well whitney's Santa one Santa. of them san jacinto you know, because mm -hmm. people kind of like go up that and then kind of meet the trail, whatever. And so you might get off the PCT for a little bit. So I think that's that's on a bucket list. We'd like to have a trailcation in Yosemite. Would You got to go see Yosemite. You're walking by it. You're walking through it. But, you know, you want to see, you know, oh, see yeah. the good stuff. Every time yeah. I talk, I always think of these TikTok songs. Again, wait till they get to the good stuff. Ah! <laughs> that's playing in my head as I'm saying that. But, you know. I want to have that moment. A trailcation. I I don't think I think you've never heard a, that word. No, I love it. I do love it, and I see hikers doing it. I just didn't know there was a name for that. See, because um, we like look. I don't know of you know. We only got six months because we're not we're from Canada or whatever. Even though we're like the friendly neighbors and stuff, for you know, I think we only get six months. So, and I feel like we're gonna go really slow to start off with, but. If in a perfect world, honestly, we would love to really chill out in Yosemite for a week. Because I think even Chantel is like, has a friend and we're like, you should come out for that trailcation part of it, right? Where we might just do some short day hikes. Like it's hard to have like a friend join you on trail because they don't have trail legs and you're going to, you're going to kill them on day one anyways, right? Like you can't, mm -hmm. who can hike with you four days, but you know, it, that would be where somebody wanted to come because maybe they rent a car and like we're car camping with them, you know, and we're just chilling out. But we can do some day hikes. I'd love to do Half Dome. That would just oh, blow my yeah. mind. But I think that's the only ones that we're kind of thinking of, I guess. And like I said, I've oh, I could ramble on and ramble on, but I have watched way more YouTube from the start to the end of the Sierras. You know, I have not watched a ton of YouTube past it. Like NorCal, Oregon, and Washington are like really, because I've done trail notes on our on our website or whatever, and they're really just for us and whatever. And I'm just stopped. Every time I learn something about a certain section, I just throw it in like trail notes. But I'm doing the trail notes now for like NorCal. 
So it's going to force me to like learn like the towns and what's in them and possible towns to go to. Um, and what's there? Is there bowling? Is there a place to go to the movies or whatever, like Bishop or I don't know, Independence or something. But um, yeah, I'm just rambling now. But no, yeah, I get that in this. So the Sierras has been your focus, and I, I understand that. So I heard with a PCT long-distance permit that you have a certain amount of days that you have to get through the Sierras in. I thought there was a yeah. time limit because you're competing with the J, you know, the John Muir Trail. It's overlapping the PCT, right? Mm -hmm. So those, those permit people. So I think you do have a finite amount of time to complete it. And I don't know how you feel, but I, I agree that I, I watch a lot of that on YouTube as well. It feels like it's the most challenging for PCT hikers to get through, especially in those high snow years. Um, at least that's, that's, you know, in my experience, hiking around the area at that high elevation and just watching people. I mean, it's spectacular and it's gorgeous and probably the most challenging. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you think about it like, me and you and all a whole bunch of other people, we all get excited when people hit the trail, right? And let's say, you know, you gravitate, let's say there's one or two YouTubers that you just really like the vibe or how they film, film their hike and stuff. So you start to watch them, right? But then as they get more north, there's, there's just a whole cluster of people on Instagram and YouTube. And because of the volume, Sometimes you can't follow somebody like you could in the beginning when it was just them vlogging it and they were like the number one vlog to watch type of thing. But then, you know, then next thing you know, there's 20 good people to watch, but you can't watch all the content. You have, you know, you have a job, you got life, you know, you got life stuff to do. And it's, that's why I feel like I've watched so much of the beginning part just because I'm so excited every year and that's where they start. And then Absolutely. later, it's just, there's so much. And even like the really good people that I loved last year, like I liked walking with a purpose and some dude walking, which I think he had a girlfriend. I think they're, they're both couples. Mm -hmm. I really like them in a way, but I have not watched their past the Sierras, but it's on my little to-do list to watch them because I just like their style. I kind of want to follow their whole little, whole little trip. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. You know, as a San Diegan who meets a lot of people when they're starting the, you know, their hike, uh, I tend to find people on, on Instagram, frankly, and I, I follow them as I know they're, they're starting. And I just watch and I like to see who makes it, how far. And yeah, to I tend to gravitate towards some people that I think naturally you like their content or you like um, what they're showing. And for me, I do gravitate towards people that are uh, like to teach the lessons or show their mistakes. Uh, that's is uh, very value added because you learn from it and it's very interesting. And so, yeah, I agree. And once you get past the Sierras, I, although I think the heard things out of the Sierras. I, I don't know how you feel, but it feels like that's where a lot of the hikers maybe get stuck or, you know, kind of pause on it or maybe even do a leapfrog over. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But um, yeah. I or there's some the people, they get to the end of the Sierras and it's like, they're not out of California yet. And you're like, oh my God, I've been doing this forever. I'm not even out of California. I still got a ways to go to get out of California. And some people like, you know what? I've seen a lot. And I'm happy with 
maybe calling it a day because mm-hmm. not everybody's going to finish for whatever reason. And so, you know, whether it's financial or, you know, or they just had too many burgers and beers and they have no more, yeah, no more money left, I guess, along the way that maybe it's time to get off trail yeah. or the purpose of their hike has been fulfilled. They're yeah. Happy. They've seen They're so content. much and they've met yeah. so many cool people. I'll say one little pro tip is um, on Instagram. Um, and I did this last year because let's say I've been on, I've been on Instagram for a while following PCT type people. And so whenever I found out somebody was going to be hiking 2021 starting, I made them as a close friend. So I would see their content over other people in the past and then as soon as the 21 season was over i let them all go as close friends um and then anybody who's a 22 person i've added them as a close friend just because i want to see like don't i don't you know don't get me wrong i mean you know like some of the 21 people yeah they're in wherever they live you know they're in idaho they're in new york they're in you know they're living their life and taking pictures of their dinners and all that kind of stuff but i want to see like 22 people so i've made them as a close friend you click the little, little follow you know that is a good tip and i think i will try that because i i tend to do that where um you know i want to see the current year i i like to see the trail conditions i i like to know what's yeah, exactly. out there I like to follow people on their journeys. I really like to see, you know, hey, this person is doing this for this reason and how far are they going to go? And yeah, it just brings me joy. So that is a good idea. Thanks for that pro tip. Ah, No problem. So, um, I mean, what's, okay, we'll segue into like, you know, what other sections, I feel like this is going to be a six hour podcast. So, you know, my, (laughs) my mind's got like the stopwatch going, but you know, Quickly, I guess, what other little sections or even a leg that really strikes you or a combination of legs that just draw you to that you would love to do them one name? Like they're calling your name, like you got to get to the Sierras or you got to get to Oregon or, you know, is there any little places that are just really pulling you that you would love to do? Oh, absolutely. Uh, You know, and of course, we just talked about the Sierra, so I won't go off on that again. But anyone who wants to hike the PCT, if you're not thinking the Sierras, to me, my mind is blown because that's the most striking, beautiful. Um, So that's high on my list, those sections up there. I I have to say I've earmarked the sections through Lassen Volcanic as well. I Mm -hmm. I do have a small, uh, you know, again, I like national parks. And I haven't been to Lassen yet. It's checking that off the bu- bucket list. There were some PCT. bad fires last year. I think yeah. fires were really close to Lassen or in Lassen a little bit. I always like wonder, ooh, like I always want to know if how much the trail is going to change or go around sections. Oh, absolutely. And that's always a risk understood. Um, you know, and you have to make it work. That's, you know, that's part of the hike. You just keep going. Right. So Mm -hmm. within California, those are the sections I would say I'm interested in, in doing. And then of course, you know, Oregon looks like the, you know, very interesting, flat, different and Washington just looks spectacular, but I have this thing where I'm a little bit want to complete California first, working on it in some sort of, although it doesn't always seem like it, I am kind of working on it methodically and, and, you know, working on it from Southern California up 
And um, my goal is to complete the PCT, you know, end to end. And, I, you know, maybe not necessarily as a through hike, but in different sections, maybe a lash and maybe smaller day hikes. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I mean, you to yeah. get to Washington, that's a big that's a big trek for you, right? That might oh, be yeah. a week of vacation, two weeks of vacation. Like, it's hard. And it's it's a big commitment to, like, take that, you know, take that vacation time that you get away from work. And then to, to give it to a trail, you know, you know, cause like there's other places like, you know, I'm sure you want to get to Europe or, you know, or, you know, you want to sit on a beach somewhere. I mean, not sit on a beach somewhere, but if you lived in Chicago, you'd want to sit on a beach, you know, in the winter oh, time, yeah. but. No, absolutely. It's kind of this, I have this thing about like, it's like the dream to see the Northern terminus. I'm kind of saving it. It's, it's, it's just weird. Cause I'm always at the Southern terminus. It's, you know, so uh, it's just this, I don't know, dream that I kind of want to say that it's, it's weird. Um, but going, going back south where I'm hanging out in A, B, C, and even D, um, those sections, you know, they have their pockets or their gems that I think that the hikers are going to love. And Idlewild is a town that I personally love. And I know a lot of hikers also like Wrightwood. So um, those, those two are... Um, you know, kind of those nice little mountain town repeats starting those trails. Idlewild is my tried and true. And, um, you know, there's so much to do there. And, you know, a recommendation would be to take a zero there in, in Idlewild. Yes, that will be our first double zero. Double zero. Okay. Yeah. And hopefully and we don't get a vortex where it turns into a triple zero. There's actually a gentleman like like a year ago he's from san diego he reached out to us and he's like oh okay you know it's it'd be my dream to like it'd be so cool you know you're doing it with your daughter and all that could be a neat daddy daughter thing to do i'd love to do it um and he has like a cabin in idlewild and he was like you guys should like stay at at the, like you guys can stay at our cabin and we're like oh my god like that would be like incredible like hopefully he's there like i wouldn't want like this empty cabin because he just knows the area so it'd be nice to just and i i right away i'm like dude if you want to if you want to come with us like if you want to come for a four-day stretch or a two-day stretch like come with us i mean we'll go slow like it'd be just be fun to like it's so nice of you to like so yeah we're we're doing this double zero maybe in his cottage if it's if it's available at the time when we're doing it because we just had to switch our our trek to 24 from 23. So, um, Absolutely. but Idlewild just sounds so magical. Oh, it, you can't go wrong. I, you know, again, I've been going there for years, ever since I, I stumbled across it. I actually first stumbled across the town in that hiking group that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. And uh, ever since then, it's just been my home away. So if you have a cabin to stay in, good for you. And I'm sure you'll love it. If other hikers don't want to spend the money or they're on a budget. There is a campground right in the, right in the middle of town. That's got showers. And it's, oh, see, I'd be happy with that. You know, yeah. like sure. A cabin would be great, but if I got showers and water, 
Oh yeah. yeah. And I mean, um, when I say in the middle of the town, this is not rustic woods. This is like, you can take a shower, set up your camp and then go walk next door to the store or walk over to a block over and get a pizza and go back. I mean, so this is very much um, a budget accommodation that is very centrally located and convenient. Um, so yeah, I, I absolutely love Idlewild and the trails around Idlewild, just beautiful town. You know, it's interesting to hear you say um, maybe a double zero there. I think it's great. And it is a, a vortex that can suck people in. Have you thought, have you thought of your strategy with your start date? Cause it seems like you do want to take your time and really we picked enjoy. an early start date. Like I okay. want to say April 1st, but I feel like that's April fool's day. So it's like this Friday the 13th kind of day. So I'm going to say April 2nd because okay. it's no joke. We're going to, we're going to like make a good effort at this hike, but I wanted to do it early, even though, sure, on half mile or halfway anywhere's, um, you know, the survey and it just came out or whatever, you know, they talk about the ideal date that most people want is like April 16th. But I'd rather do it April 1st. I think we're going to take lots of zeros. I know like a lot of people, one of their regrets is they took maybe too many zeros um, and and maybe those will turn into Nero's like instead of can't like camping near the town and so we can get into it early um or or getting out like late at night well not, maybe not late at night but just after dinner and then camping but yeah we are gonna go slow and we wanna i mean oh my daughter's got to type to her 80 friends you know on snapchat and <laughs> open her mouth and make a stupid face and send it to 80 people because that's what like 20 year olds do they just send these stupid selfies just to 80 friends all day long but I think oh. we, um but and you know we want to like record a podcast and we want to chill out and i want to journal like i want i do want to journal and i want to bug her to journal a little bit and write down her kind of thoughts yeah and we've got tasks to do we got errands to do you got to do laundry sure we got to go sit and we got to go eat something but your time, I bet you the days, it's like vacation. You go away for vacation to Cuba and, and that week zips by. I mean, a little zero, the day would zip by. You're like, oh my God, we got to, you know, we're going back out. Yeah, no, I complete. I love hearing um, the perspective of different hikers. You meet so many different people who have different goals, but um, that's why hike your own hike. And it's the delicate balance of really stopping and enjoying the trail with there is a time limit though, meaning there is you could not make it to the weather might hit Washington before you do, but it you know it's we'll all pick about up the, the pace, but yeah. we're we are going really slow, like yeah. we are going really slow, and then maybe that will change. Like I've kind of mapped out. I got these dollar store calendars, and I mapped them out of like, oh, it's a you know from here to here, it's a it's a thirty four miles. So okay, I'll just cut that into three chunks. And maybe we'll spend a day at this little town. So I basically, it's going to take like a month. We'll get to Big Bear. So 266 miles, that's yeah. going to take us a month, which is very slow. Yeah, um, I, I mean, it's so interesting. Yeah, I mean. Because I'm old. We got to like, sure, I'm going to get in shape. But, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get knocked out of an injury. And if we're feeling good, if we truly are feeling good, then we don't have to follow our plan. Like we could go 
a little bit more miles each day. Or maybe maybe we're like, yeah, we're, we've done all our little chores. We'll get back on trail. Absolutely. I think, you know, Big Bear in a month is a good goal, truthfully. Um, and Big Bear is another, you know, nice stretch where you get to those mountains. And um, I have done a backpacking trip uh, through Big Bear, uh, started at Onyx Summit, and I camped at the Arreste Trail Camp in, in Big Bear. Um, and it, you know, it's mountains, it's elevation again. So the advice would be prepared for that weather. So um, it's, it's a good goal. It's, I think I like the, the attitude of enjoying yourself. And that's why you're out there, right? You're out yeah. there to enjoy and have the experience. Like what will suck in a way is we're going to start off and you have that bubble and, and the, you know, whether it's people that are work going the same pace as you, we'll see them a lot and other people will, you know, every now and then you see them. But if we take a couple more zeros, those people are going to move. They're going to get ahead of us, but then we're going to meet new people in the bubble that's behind us. So we'll probably meet and chit chat with a lot of people, but we're going to lose some, some bubble friends. I mean, sometimes when people, when they hit the Sierras and they plan their, Oh, these eight people I'm going to go into the Sierras with, and those turn out to be your family for life and friends for life. You know, maybe some of the people you hike through the Sierras after the Sierras, when you're super in shape, plus you got that, stopwatch ticking that I got to get to Canada before the snow flies you end up you know hiking with either those eight people or four of those people because you're really good friends and you like your pace and same attitude in life and you just kind of go with it for the rest of the trail like we'll we'll speed it up um but on the other hand I mean like I said we don't we're not from San Diego and see mountains and oceans and sunshine all that kind of stuff like you know, when we hit these little magical towns, we kind of want to enjoy them. Like, to us, it's like, it's this little Shangri-La. Like, it's just beautiful, these little cabins, like, peppered around Mount Laguna or or Idlewild or even uh, Big Bear and Wrightwood. Like, those are kind of the magical places. And then you get into the out-in-the-sun, like, the Walmart parking lot kind of places, like Tehachapi. Well, Tehachapi is probably really pretty but you know what I mean like there's some other places that are just you're so beaten up by the sun you're just oh yeah. you just want to get to Kennedy Meadows and you just want to like beat the heat you know that I'm you know that I don't know if you say it right is it Agua Dulce yeah Agua Dulce yeah yeah so sure you're gonna stop there probably go to REI and that stuff but after that you're just after Wrightwood and after your little McDonald's challenge or whatever like <laughs> yeah. You're just going to pick up the pace. Once you get more near the desert floor, you're going to pick up the pace as much as you can to get through the heat. And because you're just itching to get to the Sierras, it's calling you. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I laugh at the McDonald's. That is like the most famous McDonald's in the world. Um, yes. Um, do you have a strategy for the LA Aqueduct? Are you going to do that like all these other hikers? I think we'll overnight? do the night hiking thing, sure. Okay. Yeah, the 20 mile stretch at night. Um, so you're going to do that. Yeah. Not like a ton of stuff to look at, kind of like, and I'm sure there's other people doing it. So it's not like you're walking off into the dark alone. There's probably a bunch of other people too. So sure, I think we'll do that. It's, you know, it's not a huge stretch. Like we're, you know, we're doing night hiking for three weeks or whatever. So 
Yeah, absolutely. And what about Whitney? I have to ask. I like to talk to the hikers. Everyone that I meet that's starting out, I like to hear. I want to do, do Whitney. Oh, fuck yeah. I, I okay. shouldn't swear, but whatever. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, like given. Like, you're going to do it. Like, you know, the interesting thing is, is like, I don't, like, until I do it, I don't know what altitude sickness, like, you know, am I more prone to it? Like, some people are just, maybe you're just born that you're going to get it more than others. I don't know. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. hopefully we're good enough that we could go up and we don't, you know, we're not green. And, you know, I have to say, you never know. My answer is you never know with that. And, you know, 14,500 feet is no joke. And can people do get sick? I mean, they say one third of the hikers that try it, um, at least from the Whitney portal, like the, you know, the mm -hmm. day hikers, only one third actually summit, right? And the majority get sick from that elevation or it's higher than they thought or et cetera. Yeah, you never um, know what, like, if what the snow year is like, you know, you just never know. But hopefully we have good weather, we can do it. Hopefully, hopefully it's not sketchy. Yeah, um, hopefully you have your trail legs and you will have been at elevation, you know, exerting yourself for some time you know up yeah. to that that junction where i think I, okay i might be wrong but i think it's eight miles from the pct up to the summit of whitney and then back so it's kind of like a, a don't it's almost like that. a full day hike yeah. i mean obviously just the time to get up it and and come down it you're looking at a good 14 hour day right but then you're summoning the highest peak in the lower 48 so yeah um yeah oh so, no definitely i definitely want to do that um, yeah, camp at Crabtree Meadows and stuff. And there's somebody, there's like somebody, there's like a little grave site that's there too. Okay. Crabtree Meadows that I saw on the internet and I stuck it in my trail notes, but there's somebody, there's like a really young hiker that died like a long, like, you know, I guess when the world was in black and white or whatever, but there's a little grave that you can go visit. I don't know. I can't remember the person's story and stuff. I like that. Yeah. No, it's interesting. It's so interesting that you put all that in your trail notes. It's going to be so exciting for you when you're hiking, when you see these things that you have been noting. And Yeah. And it, yeah. I don't want to like, I don't want to watch a million stuff and like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's hard not to consume it all. It's sort of like, you know, I'm going to see stuff. I'm like, I remember that video. And I'll be like, <laughs> you know, in my head or whatever. Is and your daughter as crazy as you with or not? Is she's your daughter watching, passionate like you with the She wants notes? to do it. I'll tell you a funny story. And um, so the night I asked her, do you want to do this? I sent her a link. So somebody on YouTube and I'll put all the stuff we've talked about. I'll try to like put links in the show notes with the time things. Mm -hmm. If people want to jump ahead or go back. Mm -hmm. But um, I'll say this really quick is. The night I asked her if she wanted to do it, I'm like, okay, can we just get online? I'm going to send you a link of a YouTube video and just watch it. Somebody did this Google Earth uh, flyby starting at the border. Actually, they do it for the whole trail now. But at the time, somebody had this YouTube channel and they had these flybys. And so anyways, it was 13 minutes long. And it just goes from Campo to Lake Marina Campground. And it's 13 minutes long going kind of quick you know so as i'm talking about the pct do you want to do this we're watching this video you know and we're and we're just kind of watching of like hey there's a hill 
oh, you know, must be we must be really thirsty now and blah, blah, blah. So when we got to the end of the video and she's like, I'm in. Uh, I want to do this. I'm in. She thought that video was the whole PCT. And I'm like, dude, that's day one. That's just day one. We got to do it again the next day and the next day and the next day. And then it kind of, you could just see her wheels turning because she got that, just that, that stretch. And you've, you've hiked it many times, that little stretch, 20 mile stretch, 13 minutes of watching it. And, you know, there's no Sierras in that stretch. Like, dude, like, that's just day one. That's just 20 miles. So kind of hit her. And I had to buy her the poster, the National Geographic. You know, it feels like it's six feet or five feet. It's, And I, she's got that in her room. So now she can kind of, and then I show her, okay, see at the bottom, up to Big Bear. That's going to take us a month. And then she looks like all this distance above it. I mean, obviously we have to pick up the pace, but it just makes her realize like how big this is. Because it's like walking from Toronto to Miami or Toronto to Vancouver. It's like the same distance. And like, who walks to Florida? Like, you know, like, <laughs> just, just to, she doesn't understand it. Like I, I keep saying to her, I said, you know, it's not just Instagram moments and, and uh, the whimsical woman, she did this video. It was like a four minute video, but it was all about her feet and like pruny, blistery. She couldn't watch it. It's like, it's like making her watch like a surgery, an open heart surgery. Like she just couldn't watch it. But I'm like, your feet are going to get all mangled. Oh, yeah. She needs to <laughs> she needs to prepare. Oh, oh so. it sounds like it's going to be a wonderful experience for both of you. Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, I can't wait. Um, and it's, uh, it, for whatever it's worth, those first 20 miles, uh, you know, Campo to Lake Marina, they're no joke. So that's a... That's a no, and we don't, we don't know what time we'll get to... Like, we don't know how we'll get to the, you know, whether we take the new shuttle or whatever. We get a ride, whatever, or a bus or whatever. But you don't know when we, like, we we maybe get out there at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So maybe you can't get too far. Like, okay. So, I mean, obviously, you know, we're uh, we're zooming in different directions, talking about, you know, does it all make sense? It do, it really doesn't matter. So I got quite, I still got questions I, I want to ask you because I'm just, I'm nosy, I'm curious, whatever. But I have to ask, you know, what do you like to eat? Like, what, what do you like to eat on trail? Whether it's breakfast, lunch, dinner. I know, obviously, there's different choices. But, you know, what do you like to, on a longer hike, if you were doing a three-day, four, or let's say you were doing a four or five-day, a longer section, well, what would you want to eat on a normal day for you? Oh, well, let me start by saying hot food brings me joy. So cold soakers, you're dead to me. <laughs> no cold soaking. <laughs> Have you tried soaking. it? No, I will not do it. I, oh, I need warm food makes me happy. It's, uh, I need my hot coffee in the morning. There's just, it's not going to happen with me. So, uh, But I'm sure, you know what, in the old days, hot coffee, I get it. But then it's like, have you ever, like in the old days, 10 years ago, it's like picking up coffee and it's like, oh my God, it's stone cold and you wouldn't drink it. It's gross. But now it's cool to drink cold coffee. It's acceptable. <laughs> so even like ramen, maybe cold ramen, even though you're not used to it, it actually might be a devil. It might be really good. I, I have not converted. Okay. I'm going to take your word for it, but... 
for me, it's the hot. And a lot of times, you know, I get cold. I'm, I'm, I run fairly cold at night. So that, that hot ramen or that hot coffee in the morning, especially on the chilly mornings, that can make all the difference. And it's those little small pieces of joy. <laughs> um, Are so you a big being, spender? Do you do the, do you do the yeah. fancy meals? Well, okay. Let me just put it this way. I am lazy. And laziness comes with a cost. So what I mean by that is in my regular life, I, I don't cook really. I am a don't enjoy cooking. It's not my thing. I've never taken to it. And that does not translate to me wanting to make meals on the trails either. So I do overpay for dehydrated meals and the, you know, the common brands that you see in in the stores, Mountain House, and there's there's better ones than other. Personally, I like the biscuits and gravy uh, breakfast one. I will eat that all the mm. time. It is so good. Um, so I overpay for the dehydrated meals. I like simple things like ramen you brought up, but ramen is, is awesome. You know, I'm big into perfect bars, which are expensive, I realize. I've um, never heard of those perfect bars. Um, they're just perfect. It's yeah, great marketing. They're very caloric and very fatty and frankly, a little expensive. And they, they're, you know, they're not exactly shelf stable, but, you know, my theory on food is also anything lasts a day. So, <laughs> so maybe, maybe don't follow me exactly, but I'm always like, eh, it's probably good if it sat there overnight, eh, it's, you maybe. know. Maybe me and you and Chantel should create a side business where we'll be the marketing, but you, you're the ones that stock it and ship it to people. We'll, we'll create a bar and we'll call it number one bar for trail hiking. That's going to be the name of it. So when people Google number one bar for trail hiking or through hiking, they're going to like hit our website and like, this is the number one bar. Like, let's order it. That's what I we need. It. Like the perfect bar. Okay. I, as long as I don't have to, I'll be the logistics. I'm the supply yes, chain Yes, you're the supply chain. <laughs> you can worry about all the crap that's going on in the world with supply chains. and. I'll forecast it and plan it and manage the inventory. And, exactly. and make sure it gets to the consumer. But that's where I draw the line. I will not cook. <laughs> I will not right. design the recipe. You mentioned that you sleep cold or whatever. Or like, you know, and obviously, you know, for the times where, you know, whether you're up in Big Bear or Mount Laguna, and maybe that you're only at those cool nights. Do you like what? Do you have any like little tricks that you try to? I mean, my biggest trick is again. This goes with why I don't cold soak. Is I like uh, to boil water and put it in my water bottle, and mm. I will sleep with that in my sleeping bag. I think it it can make all of the difference. Yeah, they um, say that like those big fat Nalgene bottles yes. that that are like great for they can handle boiled water. They're great. You just put them between your legs or whatever you just honestly yeah and then you have water in the morning you by the time it's the morning it will be cold <laughs> if not frozen oh yeah you're not gonna have... dump it out you know yeah. you're kind of ration it it's working ahead i you know i hate having to wake up and to do a lot of chores so it's always better um i i also hate getting in cold uh wet clothes in the morning so i i will take my clothes sleeping and, clothes yeah yeah i i have a i always have a set of clothes that are just for sleeping i i don't um 
I don't mess with that because I want them warm and dry. And then I take, you know, I will take my boots on the really cold nights or, you know, other clothes and I put them in the bottom of my sleeping bag. Um, you know, again, this is just, I, I don't like having that, let's say five, 10 minutes of uncomfortableness where, you know, you have to get back in those things. All those little things just make a big difference. And, you me. know, being a section hiker has its advantages because you can bring a, like a lot. It's not like, it's not like you're from Canada or from Germany and you have no friends. Like, like um, what I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that we, when you're international hikers, you have the, the basics, you have the limited amount because you might not have friends that can mail you some extra clothes here or there. Um, and you're, you're worried about your weight, but when you're a section hiker and you're only doing a three day or four day or two days or whatever, you might, you might, you bring some extra weight, some more luxuries on the trail because you're, you only have a smaller finish line ahead. It's not like you have a 2000 miles ahead and you, you don't have this extra following van that's following you around that can hold your extra gear or bring you your your sleeping booties at night (laughs) you know for the sierras your down booties and stuff absolutely i mean that's you have the luxury of cherry picking your weather and then also planning accordingly so don't get me wrong that's why i i'm i love section hiking and i love doing that and um yeah so it definitely gives me the advantage of you know, having the options to flex in and have the right gear. And that can make all the difference. And we, we, t- I mean, you, we were talking about Mount Laguna earlier in this, in this podcast, but you know, it's it, obviously it's quite small and we're, we're so focused on burgers. We both like burgers. And so we want to hit that. I don't even know if it's the only restaurant, but there's like that pine house cafe tavern place because we're on this burger quest is like do you like burgers or like any notable things in mount laguna like to eat wise or i mean we're gonna hit the malt shop so i definitely Uh, want a burger from them i don't know what they have i know they have pizza i heard they have good milkshakes i don't know if you've ever had okay so you mean the malt shop at uh lake marina lake marina that's gonna be our first place that we're gonna eat at and then mount laguna is the second place okay so i feel like that malt shop at mile 20, first of all, if you get through the first 20 miles, which are tough, and you, you know, hiked down and up that canyon, uh, Hauser Canyon, and, and you went through all of that, then you deserve a milkshake, and you are going to want that milkshake. See, we're not, um, we're not going to be on a drink fest either. And, like, you know, I'm slowly learning, like, my daughter drinks a little bit. Like she's not, mm-hmm. she's not an asshole or, you know, we're, only, we're both like, we're not stupid drunks and stuff. And this isn't going to be a drunk fest for us or whatever, but in Lake Marina, I want us to have some beers. I want us to celebrate. We're doing this. Like, good job, little buddy. We, we went 20 miles, you know, here's, let's have some beers or whatever, or whatever she wants to drink. That first 20 mile leg is something to celebrate. And completely understand where where you're coming from with that the the malt shop is a must stop at it's right there and yeah. you know my only comment is i feel bad because i love them and their shakes are phenomenal trust me um 
they definitely go at their own pace. So just be prepared. Um, be prepared to wait, but it's worth the wait. Um, and Maybe they it. want you to wait and just walk up and down the aisles and pick up some beef jerky and some yeah. other things you, you might need. Yeah, absolutely. And then going to Laguna, yeah, you had mentioned the restaurant. There's really only two. Okay, so there's really only one restaurant in town. And yeah, so you can stop there and, and, and get a meal. And then they've always got that shop where you can resupply and get a lot of food there too. Um, it, yeah, and to your point, I am, I am from the Midwest, as I stated earlier. So mm -hmm. burgers all the way, you know, meat and potato girl right here. That Midwest did, did not rub off on me. So that yeah. is absolutely probably one of the number one things that I crave when I'm done with a long hike. I Normally I'm like, wow, I could go for a burger. So I, I get where you're coming from with that one. My daughter's a super picky eater, like really picky eater. My goodness, we have to like, we have to do shakedown eating, I guess, to like, she won't even eat like a, mar or a Snickers bar because she doesn't like peanuts or her spaghetti is just like plain with butter or she just wants to have craft dinner. She'll have a burger like with nothing on it, but she just needs calories. But, um, you know, even just speaking of these like little places, like with thinking, obviously there's like sometimes hiker boxes, even when you're a section hiker, even if you're not going to like maybe pillage from them, do you peek in there? Like what's, you know, what's it like looking in them? Is it gross? Is it like sometimes, I mean, it's all hit and miss, I guess. Oh, it's always a surprise. And to answer your question, absolutely. I go in them. I love them. Um, what can I say? I, not just the PCT hiker boxes when I'm out on any trail, I love summit boxes and, you know, I have seen, I didn't even know they have summit boxes. Oh yeah, there's a lot of peaks in San Diego where you get to the peak and there's a summit box and you open it up and you see what's in there. So I like going and reading, mainly it's notes to and from other hikers. Hey, so-and-so, it's like trail mail, yeah. you know? Um, and other times there's other sweet things in there and you can find, you know, interesting things that people might've left. I have left on occasion certain things in there just to be fun I, I left a crown in one like an actual like oh yeah if you went to dollar store or something like that and you got like all this like yeah like like plasticky cheap looking little crowns little tiara things that would be so awesome yeah I mean I left like one that was I mean pretty elaborate and I put it in the box and I'm like let's see who takes pictures with this <laughs> um but yeah no I enjoy I enjoy um, those. Do you intend to write messages at the different trail markers where you can leave notes and, and sign your, your name? I love, I'm the type of person where I love reading. Like when I get to that trail registry kind of book, sure, I'm going to write something down. Definitely. But I love to read. I like to flip pages and go backwards just to read where people are from. You know, are they from Europe? Like where are people from? even there and you look for like i guess as you get like farther 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 up on the trail you're going to be looking for names like people that were in your bubble or people that were because you know when were they here were they here oh my god they're here three weeks ago they're really ahead so we'll definitely be reading all that stuff and i think it's kind of neat to leave little like even you just said like leave little notes and stuff little yeah. inspiration something oh, funny yeah 
the funny and the inspirational ones. I love it. You know, embrace the suck or you've got this. And I think those notes can make all the difference in the world to people who you're going to have your up and down days, right? So it's nice to, to read those and see those. See, if like I'm just thinking, I, I, my, my wheels are always turning. Like you could buy two Snicker bars and put a note in it and say one Snicker bar is for you and one Snicker bar, you know, give to somebody up ahead on the trail. So you're like, so somebody could do like a, a random act of kindness. Love it. Yeah. And you could get a tiara and you could say something, you put a note on it and you could say, I want to see this tiara on the Northern Terminus and get people <laughs> to like hike with it for a day and pass it on to somebody, whether it's a guy or a girl, someone with some hair that it can stick up there and see if you could get that and maybe create a TikTok account of people to like, see if you can get that tiara all the way to Canada, but one person it. at a time, one day at a time. I love it. You're, you're, see, that's the marketing professional in you. I love it. <laughs> what, um, I mean, I mean, we're talking about the desert so much, but I have to ask, you know, what the wind is like. I mean, you, you hear it on the videos, you can kind of see it. Does, does it piss you off in your mind or in your little quest for, for mental calm? Like, what do you think of the wind? How do you deal with it? Oh, that's where I mentioned embrace the suck. So I will say that there are certain sections going through Anza Borrego, um, you know, really windy sections, even um, in Laguna, right past uh, the Garnet Peak that I mentioned mm -hmm. around mile, I don't know, 50, 55. It's an exceptionally windy section and you really just got to embrace it and, and move forward. So those are the things that, you know, from time to time you're going to encounter, whether it's the wind, the heat, the biting flies. Uh, I didn't know you had biting flies. Like, oh, you know, it's like not, not mosquitoes. We call them black flies okay. or horse flies, deer flies, horse flies. I, would I didn't know they exist. Oh, yeah. You know oh. what? I guess Northern Cal people are. I've no. So I want to be clear. I've gotten stuck in black horse biting flies. I didn't know you guys had them. This is new to me. Oh, in section A, you know, and it's not, I don't want to say it's common, but when they're out, it's bad. And maybe it, is it, when is it? Is it in June? Well, maybe it's like I, before it's after the PCTers. Cause you don't see people all pissed off in their videos talking about them. Running. Yes. No, you typically don't. And when I have experienced them before, it has been in late, later than the average. Okay, good. Going for the season, I'm not scared so. of them anymore. <laughs> okay. And I hope you never experience it. And, you know, I think every PCT hiker probably has a bug net because of the weight and the value. I think I mean, that's more NorCal. People like you see them on the videos or even in the Sierras a little bit, maybe North Sierras where they're like, they don't want to stop to eat because, oh, you know. Yeah. That's how it was for me when I've been stuck in the, you just, you never move so fast. You're like, this is terrible. Um, so with that being said, you know, the wind, yeah, the wind can be tough. And I think it's the toughest, not only when you're hiking, but when you're setting up your tent, that's when it's, you know, oh, it can be. Or even trying to sleep. It's so noisy. Oh yeah, it's it definitely. I mean, and my advice and what I do is when it's very windy, I think everyone probably does this, but I, I put giant rocks um, on top of the corners of my tent oh, to for try sure. to weight it down. Yeah. If you don't do it on the first night, you'll do it on the second night because you'll learn. And I oh, for sure. I bought some, even though it's like, sure, you can get like $3 
or you can get a dollar little like earplugs or whatever. But I went out and got like a $40 ones that drummers or rock musicians, like professional ones, just to really, because I just want to sleep. I don't want to hear a rustly wind. Yeah. And my daughter should have them because I, I, I snore. So <laughs> she's gonna like, yeah, she needs them too. So, but I don't care if she gets, that's on her dime. If she wants to get the dollar ones or the $40 ones, but we need the earplugs. Um, what do you, what's your feet like? Like, do you like with section hikes, you know, they're, they're shorter and that stuff, but does your feet get really get mangled like foot care and that kind of stuff besides from falling like nobody wants to fall i remember you fell in one of your ig stories but oh yeah i had a i took a tumble once it was pretty bad tumble actually i you had dirt on your face yeah no i i i really clocked my head so i was in um i was north of scissors in that stretch and um frankly i was being a little irresponsible and i'm hugging the side of a mountain and i was trying to get my chapstick out of the side of my bag you know mm. fumbling around looking for my chapstick and i wasn't i didn't stop i just kept moving at a very fast pace and i just i mean it just split second toe hit a rock i'm tired and i yeah. just knocked my head and glasses flew off my face oh. right there but luckily i fell forward onto the trail and not off the side of the mountain but that being said i, I was 10 miles from a road and i was you know seeing stars so that was a little scary of an experience um and it's all because i just didn't want to stop while i was looking for my chapstick I and mean, silly things like that can really I'm very lucky that that wasn't worse. Even um, walking and vlogging, like people, yes. it's so easy to trip. And some people don't do the walking and talking or they only do it in complete, like they don't do it where there's rocks and stuff because you don't want to toe kick something and go ass over kettle. Absolutely. And, and you know, I would say that the accidents that I've had on the trail are all related to that sort of my own doing. And it, it makes you more aware. And to be fair, everyone's out there to have a good time and they're excited and you want to talk and you want to move and it's easy. But, you know, my second biggest accident was I was had my phone out trying to film a butterfly and I didn't see a rattlesnake. And I almost stepped oh, on a rattlesnake right down by uh, not too far um, just north of Lake Marina, maybe a, a mile north. But again, that was just that irresponsibility. Um, so that, so that being said with the foot care, yeah, you know, again, as, as like a, the person that has the luxury to, um, to do and plan my hikes in cherry picking weather and, you know, go home and stage different gear. I do choose my shoes, shoes widely. Frankly, I think trail runners are the right shoes for section mm -hmm. A. I, I don't think you need the heavier boots at all. No. I think trail runners are the way to go um, for that first section. And, and I think the whole point of foot care is just don't let it get to a point where it's bad. If you start getting that hot spot, it, it just stop bandage yeah, treat it, it treat it treat right it away because if you let that go even if you're like think i know how you're thinking oh i can wait i can go an hour i'll stop at lunch and fix it it just it it can just escalate so quickly so the, just don't let it get there you know when you start to feel it stop and address it so that that's my advice and my my you know where where are trail runners section a and and really just you know 
stop and take care of it right away. When you, uh, if you're ever on like more like a solo hike and, and maybe it's like yeah, there's an overnight, do you get freaked out in your tent? You think like the, the EBGBs are going to get you or some, some big animals going to like eat you up? Yes. Um, I, okay. Again, I grew up in the generation of Jason Voorhees and Friday the 13th. So I have a rational fears <laughs> as well as rational fears. Um, so yes. And I think it's common. You know, I think that your little me, twigs break in the night and you'll, yes, and you're waiting like, for like another one. A murderer outside my tent, even though I'm 20 miles from a road and there's absolutely no one that would walk here. <laughs> um, no, and that being said, yes, I think it's common to get those pockets of fear. There's some times where you don't have any fear and other times where things just spook you or you feel a little off and maybe that is your intuition. Um, you know, personally, I'm of the mindset where that's where I might find comfort in um, listening to, you know, uh, listening to something on my phone. You know, Not just the murder mystery not true crime something in <laughs> inspiring um to to try to get my mind off of it uh you know that being said i do find a delicate balance of wanting to hear what's around me and then not so true you got to be safe it's even like when yeah. you're hiking uh you know you shouldn't i mean like you know i'm sure sometimes people need a good rock jam or something to get up a hill a good song but on the other hand, yes, you do want to hear nature. And then it's just like even when you're walking in a city and it's at night, you're alone. You know, sometimes you don't want to listen because you just want to listen to your surroundings of like what's around. Like, are you safe and Absolutely. all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's not generally there isn't creepy people on the trail. There is that one person that everyone always like tweets about or, you know, there's that bald guy that oh yeah that was you know big. that guy like he, yes. you know like because like last year people were like i i saw him you know he's because he's around the desert section he just pops up where he's that creepy guy that's just hitting on girls and whatever and yeah and i try not to let the yeah that sort of thing you know there's creepy people everywhere yeah I mean, there's... you can anyone can just grab you and throw you in a van i guess there's less chance of a van on the pct so maybe be careful when you cross roads. Yeah. You know, and with the surroundings, I think some of the people that I pay attention to, they do the secret service thing where they might put one one ear pod in and leave the other ear open. That's a good idea. It's like a delicate compromise. But, hey, you know, whatever works. I get the need. And sometimes you need, you're in a bad place and you need to pick me up. And that music can can take you to the next level. So, you just got to find your right balance and just be aware. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talked about food and all that kind of stuff. And 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 it makes me also think of Idlewild and stuff. We won't really go into it because in Idlewild is more bigger. Like, there, I'm sure there's actually a couple great places to stop and eat in Idlewild. And that's not a problem. But after Idlewild, getting out of Idlewild, that's where you go from really quickly like the climb out of Isle of Wild is crazy people talk about you know they're gassed you know you go from 5,000 feet up to 8,000 feet right away mm -hmm. um have you been up that out of Isle like to get out of Idle Wild I think it's that side wild trail or something like that oh. to get back on the PCT um so the devil's slide trail oh yeah is devil's. The, 
the devil slide is, and I've been up and down that several times. And I think that's, you know, there's different trails you can go up and down. Um, but that's the one that gets you to kind of the, the main area that I've been up and down to where it connects. So that's, I think it's just under three miles, 2.7 miles. And it's quite a bit of elevation up and down. So that's, that's yeah. the trail. Especially I'm when you got with. a full tummy full of burgers and beer and, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, like you're just, you know, you just slept in a bed or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, calling out, if we're talking about little stretches in, in the Southern California section, the, the stretch or the little hike up to Baden-Powell, Mount Baden-Powell. In, in Did you say D. it? Baden? I say Baden. You know, I've been saying I always say it Baden, but I don't really know. I haven't really. Okay, I'm going to be honest and say you might be right. I, you know, for the longest time I was saying Baldwin and I was like, wait, there's, there's no, that's not even how it's spelled. So I say Baden-Powell. But you know what I'm talking about. I do, I do. I just find it neat. It's like that tomato, tomato kind of thing. <laughs> that little four mile stretch um, up to that that peak is is no joke either. It's that no is... joke. And there's some people that really get hammered with like snow and ice, oh, and it yeah. it can be like knock knock you on your ass, or or you just can't go up it. It's just ridiculous. You go, you you know, you go back to town. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that that peak is just short of 11,000 it's 10 something and again there are parts on that four mile stretch up to the peak from the road where it is very steep drop off on one side so I could understand where if there is snow and ice that would be uh, something that would turn me around you know yeah it's it's one of those things that definitely but the view is beautiful. So let me, yeah, let yeah. me say Ooh, the view there, is beautiful. There's people on their vlog and stuff and they go up and you kind of maybe lose the trail uh, a bit. You don't know where it is and you end up just going straight up. You're just like, I'm going straight up. Uh, like, you know, or the same thing, like you get up there or something and it could be even Mount Jacinto a little bit where you lose the trail. Sometimes yes. It's easy to do. And you're like, well, I know if I go up, I go to the top or I'm at the top and I just have to go down to go down. And it can be like very slippery, either a hard, you know, bushwhacking trip to go up through the snow and ice, or, you know, you don't want to, you just don't want to keep sliding down and lose control and gain speed going down. Absolutely. And I could see how hikers could easily get lost in the snow on those trails. I mean, I have hiked um the trails in the non-snow a couple times and been like hey where does this exactly go so completely understand that um i listened to a podcast of a guy somewhere near like what is it san bernardino or that san gordon gordon uh you know know. yeah like he got lost in there overnight oh, for two nights and he so he was on a podcast and i mean he lived so it was nice because he could tell you his story but he he had no he just went for a day hike and he just he didn't know where the hell he was and it, what really wasn't for his friend at home he, he was able his phone was dying he was able to send one text but wasn't sure if his buddy got it and then his buddy was he sent him some pictures to try to like this is where i am and they kind of figured out where he was and they they were able to like send help. Oh yeah, no, I, I, and I'm sure that happens somewhat commonly with different people. Um, you know, that's what you just, San Gorgonio, that's 
and Baden Powell and San Jacinto, all these peaks we're talking about, they're they're part of the SoCal six pack of peaks. Hmm. So anyways, it's a whole big deal in Southern California to do the six peaks. And so the PCT goes past a, a couple of them, two of them, and actually goes right over one of them, right? So you hit day traffic around those areas, but they're, they're beautiful and they're definitely um, part of our peak bagging in, in SoCal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I mean, obviously this is like going to be the six hour podcast or whatever. And I wanted <laughs> to get more into detail about, you know, obviously, um, you know, coming up would be, I guess, the two year anniversary of, of Trevor layer that that slipped on Apache Peak. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously his, his dad, Doug's been on, like, definitely go listen to that. I mean, the backpacker radio one with Doug is the most raw. Cause I think that was recorded in June and he passed away, he slipped and fell. I think it was March 27th. And that's the most raw, even the article on the trek, his dad really goes into detail, you know, to really paint a picture of like who Trevor was and, and more of like the backstory and his whole reason for hiking and all that. And definitely go read it. I'll put it in the show notes, listen to the backpacker radio. But um, I sent an email to Doug to see if he would come on the podcast, whether it's this year or next year. And we'll go into more detail with it because I think it's just important to like, you know, have micro spikes, you know, early on, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, Fuller, Fuller Ridge, Apache Peak, you got Mount Jacinto, you got Baden-Powell, however you want to say it. So we'll go into more detail. I mean, there was another lady, unfortunately, last year, day hiking. I think she was 34 from my memory, and she sort of succumbed to, like, heat stroke. She passed away. And, I mean, obviously, that sort of hit the news. And you might see more news because it's in your you're more paying attention to it or you just see it on whatever you read your news from, but either hikers that get lost have to sprain their ankle, heat exhaustion, heat stroke, but the heat can be very, like I'm a sweater, like I sweat a lot. So I'm really scared about that part. Um, just being old, that yeah. can be dangerous and scary. Just the heat. Yeah. You know, the heat is no joke. So I don't, it's, it's not the fear monger. It's a reality of, mm-hmm. you of have to be Southern aware. California is that you are going through the desert and mountains and the mountains can even have extreme heat. You know, you and just water, don't know what water doesn't make get. you invincible. Even if let's oh. pretend you're carrying the most water you've ever carried doesn't equal that that zeroes out heat stroke. No. Yeah. You absolutely have to know your limits. And if frankly, you might have to, somewhat adjust your schedule to say I've got to do these early morning and then rest during the day and then do late evening because otherwise it's 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 not just uncomfortable it can be dangerous right last year was ridiculous I mean I mean this is more like Tehachapi-ish or you know like closer Walker Pass getting like it was like it was crazy ridiculous, the temperatures, like 118, 114. Yes, it can be very hot. So I, you know, I even had an incident in section B, um, actually, where I got overheated too quickly. It was 87. So I don't know what 87 degrees sounds. That's 87 in American. That's kind of foreign to me. It sounds hot. It doesn't sound like it's not 100, but it's closer. I don't know how to do Celsius. This is where yeah, I don't know. So whatever. <laughs> 87 Sounds degrees. Hot. 
Fahrenheit. It's, it was very hot. I was in section B going uphill and I mean, I got overheated and I got a little, I got scared. I consumed all my liquids, ran out of water and then did the silliest thing ever. I took a wrong turn. So it was just a disaster situation that you can find yourself in. And um, that being said, I, I, you know, mentally had prepared for that and I was like, you need to just stop and don't worry about it and rest until it gets cooler and stay in the shade and don't keep going and making this worse. And that's what I did. And I just hunkered down in the small patch of shade I could find until I got with the cooler. rattlesnake with the rattlesnake trying to beat <laughs> the heat behind you. Yeah. I mean, and at some point I was like, I think I'm okay now. I'm going to try to find my way back. And it tur turns out I just missed a split in a trail, you know, I was hiking out and back and and it ended up being fine, but I could see where situations like that can quickly escalate. And I, and I feel like it's the desire to push through it or just get to the next place when you're already getting too hot that can spiral out of control quickly. So, um, you know, you just have to be mentally prepared and, and just say, okay, this is going to happen at some points and what am I going to do about it? We're all, we're all wimps to a certain degree. So just what hurts you mentally? Is it heat or wind? What drains you? Heat or wind? It's the heat over the wind for sure. It's Yeah, I guess uh, that makes sense. I mean, wind is just, you're just mad at it, but it's not going to. Yeah, I mean, the wind, it can knock you over and it can be extremely windy and it can inconvenience your tent and affect your sleep. But the heat can really make you sick. So that's, uh, for me, it's the heat. Okay. I mean, like, I mean, we should, we'll be wrapping it up soon, but I also wanted to like, I mean, we've talked about the desert so much, but I kind of wanted to, I mean, obviously where you live, um, you know, you've, you've seen magic moments. You've tried to be, you know, the, you, the person who maybe gives somebody a magic moment type of thing with like any like trail magic and that kind of stuff. I don't know. Just talk about some like, you know, because I, you know, like I said, you're in the groups. I mean, you have given people some rides or whatever, which mm -hmm. is like so sweet for people that, you know, we don't know how to get to the, well, without, before the shuttle, we didn't know how to get there. Um, and you've done little magic moment things, you know, whether it's just a little, like giving a little bit of food or water or anything like that. Just, I don't know, just talk about what it's like to, yeah. to see hikers and chit chat and just see their faces where they're like, Oh my God, you're like a savior. You're like a little angel in the desert. Yeah. So, um, absolutely brings me sheer joy to help people start this tremendous journey. And I love that I live at the start of the trail because that is when you see people. So oh, they're full. fresh. They're eager yeah. beavers. They're trail virgins. They have been planning this, dreaming of this. They have been envisioning this. They put their lives on hold for this. It is the start of what is going to be probably one of the most amazing experiences of their life. So life, that being life said, changing. Life changing. We still so, see the world differently afterwards. Yes. It's so I am so fortunate to live in, in Southern California and to enjoy. So I do, um, you know, my favorite aspect is, is meeting people. So 
in my my trail angel i like to give people rides to the southern terminus now i know they are starting a shuttle um and so everyone should look into the shuttle and the shuttle will stop at um a gear supply place and it's, mm-hmm. it's got a two twice a day time but there's also a facebook group that i'm part of southern california a southern terminus um, trail angels and there's still people that you know maybe the time they fly in doesn't align with the shuttle time or maybe they just prefer and there's a lot of trail angels out there that still love to do this and give rides so you can throw up in that facebook group that you're coming in on a date and there's plenty of people that are still volunteering Especially for the internet you know the people that are coming from like europe because it's like you know they don't know which way's up or down or east or west i see a lot of europeans in that group and it's a great way to meet people who are starting on your same day so that's another side note i see a lot of hikers connecting oh i'm starting that day too Mm -hmm. you know so, so I definitely recommend to everyone to check out that, that Facebook group. And, you know, if they want to do the shuttle, great. If you want to get a trip, there's so many people though, that are still willing to give the rides. Um, and so that's, that's what brings me joy. And then, you know, also I try to focus on water. So obviously I, I like hiking section a and I'm driving around. So I just have gotten into the habit where I will keep jugs of water in my trunk, stage them in places when water might not be available. And there are times, you know, I encourage everyone who's hiking to, you know, use gut hook or follow the PCTA website to get mm-hmm. your water supply information or other hikers on Instagram, crowdsource information, whatever. But there are times where spigots will be turned off or, you know, the water source is dry. So, you know, your best your best plan of action is to prepare and to know what you're getting into. So there's just so many wonderful people around San Diego that stock and supply and help out. And I can't tell you um, a good example of that is the third gate. So that's what I'll end with the trail angels at the third gate that are leaving that water supply an enormous water cache for those hikers that have to go 24 miles. 24 miles with no water. There is no water in that stretch ester scissors. If it weren't for those trail angels at third gate, leaving that water, uh, you know, I don't know how many hikers would, would struggle through that or really get sick. So yeah, it's just wonderful experience to be part of trail magic. And it just, for me, it just, it's part of the trail culture and it makes me feel part of the PCT. Awesome. Well, I mean, like I said, it's a six-hour podcast. I don't even know what minute we're on. With the Anchor app, we can only record 40-ish minute blocks, and we're we're just wrapping up our third block. So would you ever come back on here again? Absolutely. This was my first podcast, and I had a wonderful time. Thank you so much for listening to me ramble on. Oh, no problem. I mean, like I said, I'll, I'll put a bunch of links in the show notes of, of all the stuff we we talked about because i'll like listen to it again yeah absolutely looking forward to it awesome okay well have a great rest of your day and hopefully the world gets better and your supply chain gets a lot smoother i'm sure it's chaotic (laughs) at work bringing it full circle to work okay love it yes thank you so much awesome talk to you later bye bye